Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Whatever job you need to do out there, grab the right tool to get it done. The new F-150 with an available hybrid engine and up to 7.2 kilowatts of pro power on board to power things on the go. It's not a tool you'll hang in a tool shed, but you can certainly use it to build one. The new 2024 Ford F-150. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024. Optional features the owner's manual for important operating instructions. Welcome to Beth the Edge on this Thursday, March 3rd. We appreciate all of you joining us on the NBC Sports Edge YouTube channel. We're all over the place. Drew Densick, my co-host in Park City. Of course, I'm in Florida, and there's so much to get to here on the show uh, because it is that time of year. We got Von Delzell. He's here to explain what he has circled in the critical matchups down the stretch of college hoops, as well as which non-Power 5 conference tournaments he has his eye on. And Matt Vernier is back for an extremely busy night in the NHL. So you know he has some plus money wagers uh, in his queue. We're going to find out exactly what those are. And, of course, we have our edge of the day where I hope Drew comes through like he did after our game time show last <laughs> night in the NBA. Uh, coming up here on Bet the Edge, powered by PointsBet. Drew, I was saying before we jumped on air, you know, you're on vacation technically. You're in Utah. But nonetheless, all you do is give out winners in the association. That was uh, incredible <laughs> last night. So I'm sure you're feeling good this morning. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, those were solid results for us uh, all, all across the NBA slate. Even the leans and looks we were kind of hinting at, uh, everything seemed to break our way. Uh, even still, you know, with three and zero, with the kind of the the plays that we were pushing the hardest, felt like the Heat should have got that dub, Sarah. It was very tough to watch that one slip through their fingers. Um, I had been kind of circ- I had circled these four games for the Heat, where they went Chicago, um, Milwaukee, Brooklyn, uh, Philly, as sort of like, look, this is prove it time. This is when you know all of the uh, momentum will start to shift the market, and people will realize that the Heat are for real after they beat all these teams. Um, and I guess because they lose to to uh, Milwaukee, I'll be a cover. Uh, I think, uh, you know, nice there cover, is... one point lost on the road. <laughs> nice, nice cover. Yeah, no sweat. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it really felt like they should have won that game. And so the fact that they lost, maybe some of that value is retained and we can continue to bet on the heat uh, over these next couple of weeks. Yeah, I think we're going to have to then maybe coming out of the East as well. And I do want to focus now kind of at the bigger picture. Maybe it's the Heat and other teams, but let's start in the West because as much as I want to talk about, you know, the Miami Heat, you also had a big bet on the Suns last night and that came home a nice cover with ease and points bet has shifted prices in the NBA and outright market. And the Phoenix Suns are now the favorite to win the NBA title. They're four to one um, and they're plus 170 to win the West. This is your team, a team that you've talked about a ton on our show, even preseason. Now we sit and look at them, uh, albeit and rightfully so, the favorites. How do you now handicap them in the futures market if you don't already have a bet on them and now day-to-day, Drew? Yeah, I, I really do think 
there is still a very real case to be made that the Suns have value even at plus 170. Um, I think they are by clearly the most um, complete team when fully healthy. Uh, and we expect Chris Paul will be back. He matters a lot, obviously, as you know, as anyone would tell you who makes NBA numbers, uh, you know, Chris Paul, one of the, um, you know, five or 10 most valuable players in, just in terms of uh, expected team performance. And so him coming back would be huge. And I'm still, you know, I'm still wearing rose colored glasses. I would still tell you that, uh, that this is a good thing that he is getting a couple of months off here. He's not going to run himself into the ground and then all of a sudden have like a hamstring you know, limitation that, uh, you know, derails their playoff hope. So, you know, I, I think the Suns still have a, a hair of value. I think the Warriors are wildly overpriced. Uh, I don't think plus 190 is fair for this Warriors team at all. In fact, I can see the Warriors conceding ground here uh, over the next month and change as we wait for Draymond Green to come back. If he comes back, um, you know, certainly Clay uh, Thompson's dealing with some lingering issues as well. So this yep. and Steph Curry's performances just is, hasn't been as good over the balance of the season that we, as we, we saw uh, coming out of the gate. So Warriors to me look overpriced jazz are a solvable team in a playoff series. So I don't think realistically getting involved with, it, with them to uh, do anything in the West makes sense. The nuggets I think are an interesting case at 11 to one. If you want a little insurance, if you have some good sons futures in pocket, I don't mind taking some nuggets its positions as well of course they did lose to the oklahoma city thunder last night but that doesn't really give you much of an indication as to how good that team is going to be in a best of seven series nikola Jokic is not solvable literally you must match up against every other player on that team and bury them the way that the suns did in the playoffs last year if you expect to get by the nuggets because Jokic is going to get his every single night he is an absolute iron man he's going to be available doesn't deal with injuries and realistically the the nuggets match up well against a bunch of these western conference teams so uh, if I wanted to put a flyer in pocket, I'm grabbing the nuggets. I'm crossing my fingers that Michael Porter Jr. and um, uh, and Jamal Murray come back healthy. And I think the nuggets probably make the Western Conference Finals. And there's a reason Jokic is the second favorite to win the MVP, by the way, for all of the reasons you just mentioned. Uh, very quickly, let's touch on the East because last night we saw a shakier start from the 76ers. They end up covering uh, and, and crushing the Knicks towards the end of the game. So as we look at the, the Eastern champion, the 76ers are now 3-1 to one, followed by the Bucks, the Nets, and then the Heat all sitting at 4-1 to one after that for the Miami Heat at least. 76ers, have they proved enough to you since we've seen the trade and what James Harden has done with Joel Embiid and helping out the plethora of players on that roster uh, certainly increased their stats now, you know, warrant three to one price to win the East. I am not there. And I'm, you know, if the 76ers go on to win the East, I will go down and I will admit it. I was wrong about them. Um, but until that happens, I'm not going to do it. I just, so who is it in the East for so, you? If it's not the okay. 76ers, I can almost tell you more why it's not the 76ers than I could tell you who it is. And it's <laughs> okay. not the 76ers because you're talking about Joel Embiid, James Harden, and Doc Rivers, like that's a threesome of players that if it comes down to a game seven in a very tight series, will I be betting on them to get it done even at home if they have home court? No, absolutely not. Like they will find their way out of a series because of schematics, because of, uh, you know, just in general, like these players have not shown an ability to get it done in playoff time, you know, playoff mode. I, I'll, Find me the last time that uh, James Harden stepped up in a game seven. Find me the last time Doc Rivers put together uh, the perfect game plan for a game seven. It just has never happened. And so until it does, I'm perfectly fine being on the opposite side of that number. If you want to go to war with the Bucks because they have the best player in Giannis, I'm fine with that. If you want to go to war with the Heat because they have the best coach in Eric Spolstra, I'm fine with that. Uh, the Nets, huge question mark still about health and availability of their players. So I think they're overpriced. 
Celtics ultimately can't solve the zone defense if they run into the heat. So I won't get involved with them. them. Yeah, Yeah, very, very true. So I, and Bulls, Raptors, Cavs, all of those are our afterthoughts. I think they'll be lucky to get to the second round. So I'm fine. If you want to ride with the bucks and the best player, I'm fine. If you want to ride with the most complete team and the best coach in the Miami heat. Otherwise I'm steering clear at the top of that board. Okay. So right now, staying away from the 76ers and that short price of now the favorites to come out of the Eastern Conference at three to one. By the way, uh, the top three liability to win the NBA title, Bulls at 50 to one, the 76ers at six to one, and then the Grizz at 25 to one. So interesting liability markets over at PointsBet. We'll get back to the NBA in just a little bit for Edge of the Day, but a lot of college basketball today, and boy, do I need help. So we welcome in Vaughn Delzell uh, to help us break down tonight's slate. Vaughn, great to see you. How you doing? How you feeling about tonight's slate? Oh, it's a little better than the past two days. I say, I've been getting murked, so I need a comeback day, a bounce back day. So we're on some dogs. Hopefully we get some outright wins today. Yeah, it's a bounce back day. There's some big numbers in college basketball today. And let's start with, you know, I would say a lopsided matchup and certainly where the money's coming in. Of course, I'm talking about TCU in Kansas, where TCU is getting 11 and a half at Allen Fieldhouse. That's a tough place to play. And 81% of the handle coming in on Kansas. And I'm sure as this number continues to creep up, we're going to actually see more money come in on the favorite for different reasons. But this is a large number. I'm curious, is it the dog that intrigues you? are the far better team in Kansas at home for tonight. Yeah, obviously betting against Kansas at home is a scary thing in its sense in itself, but TCU has been a pretty good team all season. We just saw them beat Kansas by 10. You know, the things I know about that TCU actually has a higher adjusted deficiency than Kansas, which is pretty odd. And then they also an elite defensive and offensive rebounding team. So on the road this season, TCU has only lost one game by more than 11 points. And that came to Texas Tech by 13. Um, so they've been pretty good on the road no matter who they play. And they've already beat this Kansas team. I think there's going to be more money, like you said, coming in on this. This is similar to the Villanova-Providence line we just saw, where you thought, wow, that's a huge line for Providence to be nine and a half, ten-point underdogs to Villanova. And that line continued to grow. Um, so this is kind of a similar line to me where I see Kansas continually grow on the line. You could probably take TCU as a dog. And they have a shot to – I don't think they're going to win this game, but they have a shot to keep this close and, uh, you know – scare the Jayhawks, I should say. <laughs> I hope you're right. I mean, I have, uh, I've kind of circled Kansas as a hot fade coming down the stretch here. And now the home court, the home cooking and the way that they kind of officiate Kansas games spooks me a little bit, but uh, that's a big, big, big uh, number to be hanging. So best of luck to you on the Horn Frogs. Um, the horizon conference tournament is in action and there's some good ones uh we see uh, a couple of matchups here that are lined pretty close to a pick them uh and a couple of live dogs that are you know they're playing better than the favorites and i would point to detroit mercy as one of those taking on northern kentucky uh tonight what do you think uh, about this detroit get catching four points yeah this is uh one of my favorite bets so far of, of today's slate and they uh actually there's a lot of money coming in on northern kentucky like 84 i saw a percent of the handle from points bet so uh that makes me like detroit a little bit more as well but uh, Antoine Davis has been balling a lot for the Titans lately, Detroit Mercy Titans. He has 26, 24, 31, and 38 games. Uh, so going against a guy like that, that's going to be hard to stop when it comes to March time. Detroit's also covered five of their last eight games, and they're 4-2 and two ATS in their last six against my Northern Kentucky Norse, who I love. I think this is going to be a pretty close game down the stretch, and uh, the last game against them also came down to single digits. So I think Detroit's live to win this game outright. 
This total has taken a hit, opened at 137, all the way down to 132 and a half, by the way. So a lot of money on the under uh, and 84% of the handle on Northern Kentucky as of right now at points bet. Hey, Hartford and UMass Lowell are wrapping up their regular season today. I know that's another game that you had circled as I looked through some of your plays and we're firing off for tonight. What is the side or the total that you're looking at in this one? You've had a really good read on the America East all season long. Yeah, this has definitely been probably my favorite conference, I think, to bet on. Uh, no doubt about it. And Hartford's been a team that's been interesting, and not only because I live there, I've been watching them, uh, but because they've been playing better than expected, to be honest with you. I mean, they've won six of their last eight games since they won on a four-game losing streak. During that four-game losing streak, they lost to UMass Lau, uh, which has an impact on this line. We saw the number drop down from two to one. But in general, I think UMass Lau is playing some of the worst basketball of the season right now. Eight of the last 12 games they've lost. Uh, and then you look at the three-point shooting for both these teams. UMass Lau is last in the conference with a 40% three-point defense. Mm -hmm. Hartford, 41.5%. Best in the conference, better than the Vermont Catamounts. Uh, so that's going to be the key to Hartford getting the home victory today. I like them on the money line. Of course, I don't play one or two-point spreads, but I think this is a game where Hartford could either sneak out a victory or win this one by double digits because of the way that they're playing lately and UMass Lowell is playing as well. <laughs> Everyone knows UMass Lowell is a, a hockey school anyway. So uh, <laughs> yeah. nah, no, no college basketball to, to write to write home about. Everybody will be at the hockey game cheering on the uh, the uh, the skaters. Um, how about uh, one other uh, Horizon League matchup that I'm having a, a tough time wrapping my head around? Uh, I had Oakland coming into this Horizon as a potential uh, uh, outright threat, mm -hmm. even as the five seed. Uh, and they're taking on Wright State and somehow catching four and a half points i thought this was going to be lined much closer to a pick can you explain yeah. this to me at all is right state that much better than oakland so this is the funny thing oakland is terrible at right state for some reason they've been one in nine ats in the last 10 games uh 10 trips there but the thing is they're not that much worse for this team worse than right state right now and we just saw oakland who of course they should have smashed iupui i mean we should have won the 23 point spread we should have won the team total iupui but if you watch the game Oakland did not care one second about that game. They were playing against five guys that no bench, no, and some of them weren't even scholarship players. Oakland cruised through that game. Uh, so while they're not well-rested, they are rested heading into this game. They lost by 4-2 Wright State the last time around. And I don't think Wright State is nearly as good as people make them out to see, but Oakland also does really well as an underdog. They're 6-4 and four in the last 10 games as a road underdog on the money line, and they've also won nine of the last 17 overall as an underdog. So... Guys like Jamal Kane, uh, Jalen Moore, these type of guys for Oakland, I think can rebound, keep the game close, hit their threes. So uh, I'm going to fade Wright State, but I will say this is my least favorite bet on the slate that I'm playing because of all the money coming on Oakland. Too many people agree with me. <laughs> yeah, I'm seeing a lot of money on Oakland, close to 90% of the handle, the action of points bet. On the underdog for Oakland, getting the four and a half. A total was 148. Money has also come in not only on the side, taking the dog, but the under as well, looking at 145 across the board and at points bet. It's okay if it's your least favorite play. You've given out a ton, and we always love having you on and picking your brain, of course, getting your picks as well. So, Vaughn, best of luck with all your plays for today, and we will talk to you soon. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks, Drew. See you later. Vaughn's on Twitter, by the way, if you want to give him a follow at VMoney Sports. He has amazing content, picks, plays analysis on there, and, of course, on NBCSportsEdge.com. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country. 
including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Bet the Edge is expanding. If you guys didn't know, Drew and I host Bet the Edge Game Time on Wednesdays, rather, from 6 to 7 p.m. to get you armed with all the last-minute insight, information, and trends. You'll need to make your wagers before the games begin, so make sure to check it out on the NBC Sports Edge YouTube channel if you want Drew's Game Time winners in the NBA. (laughs) Yeah, and it's funny because you can watch us uh, react to the market moving against me in real time, and it did not matter. It did not matter. Darius Garland did not matter. Hornets (laughs) Hornets won wire-to-wire. Uh, on the back of just an awesome offensive performance, even though Lamella Ball only gave us seven minutes in that game. So interesting to curious to find out what's going on with him injury wise, because there hasn't been a lot mentioned about that. But game time is awesome. Check it out. Hour leading up to tip off. Uh, we cover everything you need to know in the basketball space, even a little bit of hockey picks. Uh, and uh, it was it was a lot of fun last night. We're going to get back after it next week. Check it out on Wednesday. By the way, we have a really cool special edition coming up because Matt Bernier, who's joining the show now, is going to host that special edition of Bet the Edge Game Time next week, which will be on Monday from 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern with Drew leading into the Bulls for 76ers game. Now, you can check that out on NBC Sports Chicago and NBC Sports Philadelphia, their plus channel, as you guys will be doing a different version of Game Time, getting ready for the betcast between the Sixers and the Bulls. Matt, you Yeah, and you know we're going to have to sprinkle in a little bit of puck in there as well obviously the highlight's going to be the game between the Sixers and the Bulls but I'm sure we'll be able to sprinkle in a little bit of NHL on Monday night as well yeah it'll be fun I'm excited to uh, watch you guys and then go with Jay on the betcast and be able to break that game down hopefully give some winners but it is a Thursday and it's a huge NHL slate so I do want to get to some plays as money is as normal coming on your side so we got to get to these plays before uh, any value is long gone so I take a look at the Lightning for tonight who obviously are playing fantastic hockey right now Matt they've won five straight games and on the money line they're minus 176 at home hosting the Penguins the total for this one is six we always uh, joke but being sincere when I say you give out plus money winners and that's what you do. So for this game in particular, where are you headed? Yeah, you know, we're into the final third of the regular season and the Tampa Bay Lightning are finally looking like the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions that they are. They've won 14 of their last 18 overall. Nikita Kucherov has a goal and an assist in each of his last four games. The captain, Steven Stamkos, has scored at least one goal in each of his last five games. I think the thing that's scariest for the rest of the league is Tampa has gone on this run with their goaltender, Andre Vasilevsky, being good not great. And we know that he's capable when he ends up showing up at his best of shutting down any team in the entire league. So knowing that there's still another gear for him to reach with the team playing the way that they are and rattling off this streak that they have, I think it bodes really well for them going forward as we inch closer and closer to the postseason. And I don't know the, the tough thing for me about the Penguins 
as solid as they've been all year in five on five play, which is, in my opinion, the most important aspect of the entire game, uh, they've been incredibly streaky. You go through early in the year, they lost eight of 10 at one point. They followed that up with a 10 game winning streak, which is part of a stretch where they went 22 and five overall. Since then, they've lost four in a row, came back and won four in a row, lost three more in a row, and now have put together back-to-back victories. So, frankly, your guess is as good as mine about what version we're going to get here tonight. I think really it boils down to the fact, though, the way that Tampa has gone about things recently. I just like the way that they're trending. I think they're improving and recognizing that, you know, the opening half of the season was more or less, all right, let's wait till we get to New Year and then we can turn it on. And maybe that's taking for granted the fact that maybe a team is capable of doing that. When the team is as good as the Tampa Bay Lightning are from top to bottom, uh, I have quite a bit of faith in them. Sarah, to your point, on the money line, really no no value there to be had. I do think the mm-hmm. puck line, though, minus one and a half, currently at plus 135, is an appealing number. So that's where we're going to go tonight. Tampa at home, minus one and a half. Very, very cool. And I I, can, I have no idea how to price Pittsburgh either. Um, they are as streaky as they come, as you pointed out. Um, and, of course, Lightning trending very much in the right direction. And, uh, you know, if you haven't picked through the futures market a little bit and try to put a little Lightning in your pocket, then uh, you may have missed the best of the number by now. Um, another team that I'm dying to get your take on, because I just st- similarly kind of can't wrap my head around them. Are they good? <laughs> the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, I think now the FBL market would properly rate them better than an average team in the NHL, um, but still feels like they have underachieved considering the star power they have on their first line. Uh, what do you make of them taking on a Blackhawks squad that's been, uh, you know, not a lot was expected out of them, but they've had some impressive offense over the balance of the season. Do you think the Oilers can get it done against the feisty hot Blackhawks? Yeah, I, I do. And to your point, Drew, I mean, th- this was an Oilers team that at the beginning of the season really looked like one of the best teams in the league. And I think we had talked about it a few times on Tuesdays. The, the concern with Edmonton was mm-hmm. they were so sort of oriented on success on the power play. And again, when you've got McDavid and you've got Dreisaitl and even some of the more sort of complementary pieces, whether it's Nugent Hopkins or a number of these different players, Pugliarvi, the fact that they were doing as well as they were on the power play made up for some of their deficiencies, maybe five on five. Now we've seen a stretch of play really from early December through the middle of January. If for whatever reason this team doesn't make the postseason, it's going to be because of that stretch where they went two and 13 in a 15-game run. It seems like they've righted the ship a little bit. Their goaltending is always going to be something that holds them back unless they can make some sort of a move to improve that, whether it's Koskin and whether it's Smith and Nett. The thing that's helped them recently, though, and why I like them tonight, They've done what they're supposed to do against bad teams, frankly. I'm just going to call it spade a spade. They've yes. beaten teams like Philadelphia and Winnipeg. As much as we love the Anaheim Ducks, they've fallen off in a really, really bad way. They've defeated them. The Sharks, the Islanders, the Canadians, as well as the Canucks. And tonight they're going to get a Chicago Blackhawks team that, to your point, they're a little bit plucky. They want to fight a little bit. And they've got one of the best goaltenders, not of the recent sort of past, but of all time, in Marc-Andre Fleury. Now, he's not confirmed in net yet. The tough Ooh. thing with Flurry this year, if you're a Chicago fan or just a fan of Flurry in general, his good has been as good as advertised, where he's been one of the best goaltenders that we've seen over the past 25, 30 years. His bad has been atrocious. There's a, a stat called bad starts, really bad starts, actually. <laughs> and what that boils down to is appearances where a goaltender has saved less than 85% of the shots against. Uh, he leads the league in really bad starts with 10 of those. But on the flip side, he is third best or tied for third anyway in the league in shutouts. So when he's on, he's on. When he's off, he's terrible. 
Um, <laughs> that is tough fire... to handicap. Yeah, it, it's it, it's not quite to the same effect as the, the pens where you don't know what version is going to show up. But I'd like to think with an Edmonton team who, again, has been taking care of business against the bad teams with the firepower that they've got. If they can just keep Pepper and Flurry tonight, I think they've got a good chance to cover the puck line. Uh, the number's very nice. I like plus 165. I think that's a really fair number on a team that, with Edmonton, it really is going to boil down to do they outscore their opponent because more often than not, they're going to give up three or four goals on their own. So let's hope it's an off night for Marc-Andre Fleury, the, uh, the Hall of Famer, or will be a Hall of Famer at some point, and the uh, Oilers can cover the one and a half. Yeah, if you like the puck line, to get involved now would be definitely the right time because this was around plus 175 earlier this morning and currently looking at plus 165. Blackhawks, as you said, they've lost four of their last five and a lot of the money coming in on the Oilers. So love the price. 165 is a play for me. Now, a team that's more evenly matched, a uh, game rather, I would say are the Bruins playing the Golden Knights. Knights are minus 110. Bruins minus 110. Total is set at five and a half for tonight. Now, if you look at the fatigue factor that Drew always talks about in the NBA, maybe we could make a, a side here just because the Bruins are playing their fifth straight road game on the West Coast, but they've been really successful on this road trip, three and one. Meanwhile, Vegas, they've lost two of their last three. Uh, but across the board, you could certainly say they're pretty evenly matched up, and the odds certainly say the same. So if you had to make a play on this game, what say you, Matt? It's the Bruins for me, Sarah. I mean, and a lot of it has to do with, I know I talk about goaltenders a lot, but it's such a, a vital piece to the puzzle as far as the NHL is concerned. When you get a goaltender in good form, they can really go on a tear and go on a run. And, and Jeremy Swayman, who I think has been the best goaltender in the entire organization for the Bruins over the past year and a half, despite that little return that we had from Tuka Rask before he eventually retired again and the signing of Linus Olmark in the offseason, they gave him a pretty fat contract. Swayman is the future. He is going to be the number one now. He's going to be the number one going forward. And there were some folks who earlier in the year sort of looked at him and said, yeah, maybe he can end up being a middle of the road number one in the league. Maybe I'm a little bit biased because I get to see him much more frequently than maybe the majority of, of the country does, but he's just been fantastic, especially over this most recent run of his, in his last six appearances, he's 5-0-1. He stopped 169 of 174 shots against. That's a 971 save percentage. I mean, I can, I can make a pretty compelling argument that that's the best run in six games of any goaltender in the league. That includes Igor Shosturkin, who is going to win the Vesna Trophy and is going to be a finalist probably for the heart as well. I, I think this I needed is him instance. last night in a big way with the under, by the way, Matt. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> I needed a better out. performance from goaltenders yesterday. Look, he bailed me out because I love the, the Rangers on the, the sort of merits of Shosturkin carrying them. Because in, in New York, and this is a bit of a tangent, but the Rangers five on five have been awful. They are one of the worst in the league. And the fact that Shesterkin has bailed them out and turned them into not just a playoff team, but an interesting Eastern conference team. So when I'm watching the game and all of a sudden on three consecutive shots in the second period, the blues take a three to two lead. I go, well, this is a disaster. It's over. Sure enough, they can bail them out in the third period and they win five to three. I digress. Jeremy Swayman and the Bruins. I, I, the way that things have been trending for Vegas, Vegas has had their own issues recently. I think it's kind of a product of, look, Mark Stone is sidelined. He's on long-term injury. Uh, I, they've lost five of their last seven. I know Jack Eichel is now in at the fold. But when you've got a goaltender who's in form, I think you just continue to ride. Swayman, I, I'm, I'm going to go all in on him tonight. I don't know that I love the idea of a puck line play with them simply because the Bruins are hit or miss as far as scoring is concerned. I know they've been in decent fashion lately, but uh, I think the money line at minus 110, I wouldn't go any lower than that, but give me Boston. Give me Jeremy Swayman tonight. All right. Well, <clears throat> I think uh, you've broken your streak of uh, 500 consecutive appearances with only plus money plays. <laughs> um, so 
I don't know what that means. I apologize. (laughs) Yeah, no, Bruins. Let's go Bruins. Um, What do you make of uh, this time of year when you have some of these completely lopsided games like Avalanche and Coyotes? We joked about that last time. Coyotes got the upset in that spot. But we're seeing starting to see some of these money lines creep into the minus 400 range with these teams that are clearly cruising for the playoffs, taking Mm -hmm. on the bottom feeders. Does tanking happen in hockey or do you kind of just sort of scratch these and say, oh, well, you know, whatever luck, you know, this will be a random result. So I'm not even going to bother looking at this. I think it's easy for some of the better teams this time of year to get lulled into a false sense of security against the the lesser teams. To your point, true, you see some of these money line prices that are just off the charts. Uh, even last night, we saw the Toronto Maple Leafs. They were around minus 400 on the money line. They got waxed by Buffalo. They lost five to one. So, and you brought up the fact that, you know, go back a few weeks, I guess maybe even a couple months. And we talked about the Coyotes and the Avalanche and you brought it up. You said, look, Arizona is a giant, giant price. Uh, why not take a, a look on them? And I said, well, I have a hard time backing a team that's as bad as the Coyotes are. And sure enough, they ended up winning. It was one of the biggest upsets, I believe, in the past 10 years, as far as odds are concerned. Tonight, Carol Vomelka is going to get the nod for for the Yotes. You know, I, again, in my, in my heart, I, I have a hard time saying with a straight face, yeah, go ahead, take a shot. But, you know, really, if you just boil it down to there's going to be one of two outcomes and one team is four to one and the other is, is you know, you got to lay 400 to win one. I mean, just purely on that logic alone, what's wrong with taking a gamble? Um, I'm not going to do it tonight, but I'm not going to stop you or talk you off of it if you're interested. But generally, generally there's no tanking in hockey, is I guess what you're getting at. Yeah, I mean, and and the other thing, too, is keep in mind, I don't want to say that there's more pride in hockey than maybe some of the other sports, but because it's such a physical game, and you think about it with the NFL, too, I mean, a lot of these players on these teams, they're still professionals. They don't want to get embarrassed out there, even if the directive or the thought anyway from the top down is, you know, we're better suited kind of <laughs> pulling back a little bit and, and trying to improve our position for the for the draft. But I, don't know, I, I think it's one of those, especially in hockey, there seems to just be a, a, a level of pride where the last thing you want to do is go out there and get your doors blown off. Yeah. Um, and maybe this is why this time of year you do see some of these big dogs come up and, and get the better of the favorites. You know, back a few years ago, I was talking to a baseball player, a pitcher at a time when I was covering the sport and they knew they were big underdogs and it's with every sport and then every professional athlete, like they are all professional athletes. Yes, maybe it's not a level playing field, but they are giving it their all. So these prices are ridiculous. They're still professional teams playing against each other. This has come down, by the way, plus 330. Now we're looking at plus 310. I'll take a shot on the dog. They were able to (laughs) snap that 17 game win streak the Avs had going earlier in the season. I'll take Arizona, take a flyer on them. Hey, Matt, love having you on. You can follow Matt on Twitter, Appernier underscore Matt. He has so much uh, NHL plays analysis on his Twitter and on NBCSportsEdge.com. And if you are available and have access to either NBC Sports Chicago or NBC Sports Philadelphia, be sure to check out Bet the Edge Game Time. That's this Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern, leading into the incredible matchup between the Bulls and 76ers. Can't wait to watch you there. Thanks as always, Matt. All right, guys. Talk soon. I love betting hockey. It's a new thing of mine, even though I took a fat L yesterday when Matt comes on and he gives out plus money wagers. I am tailing him the entire way. Those are fun looks, and I'm excited. It's a huge hockey slate tonight, and you know what? Why not? Plus three yeah. times. I'm, take, I'm taking a shot on the dog there. You know what else? Playoff hockey is fun, and and uh, it so looks fun. like we're probably not going to be getting much April baseball, so we might as well really yeah, correct. Uh, lean, lean into the old hockey. We got to dabble in something else. <laughs> Fair enough. But listen, there's NBA tonight, and that's where I rely on you to uh, give me all of your insight, bonus plays, edge of the day, whatever you got. Let's hear it. 
Yeah, four must-watch games in the NBA tonight. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be a really, really entertaining slate. Uh, and again, a lot to learn about how these teams match up because we have some potential playoff matchups uh, and a couple of teams that actually are kind of rematching uh, what we have seen play recently. And uh, market uh, has been tough to wrap my head around this morning. Market has gone against where I was leaning uh, and given me extra value on four looks tonight, <laughs> which is a little spooky. So either uh, the good, either the good times keep I going. I learned a long time or... ago to not care <laughs> yeah. if the market goes against you and you should okay. probably know the same. Well. <laughs> I still, I still don't love it, <laughs> but that said, uh, I'm going to take, I, I caught the bottom of the market on Miami for edge of the day today. Miami is taking on the Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets are expecting a return from uh, of Kevin Durant tonight. He is not on the injury report for the first time now going on back, I think, about uh, four weeks. Um, so we're going to see Kevin Durant on the court again for the first time in a while. Uh, in, if anything, we can take some indications of how they treated his um, bringing him back into the fold over every you know meaningful stretch that he's missed throughout his career. He mm-hmm. gets relatively soft landings when they bring him back in. He doesn't want to be uh, kind of forced back into a role where he is coming off of a lengthy break and they're giving him 35, 40 minutes a game. So I think you're going to see relative conservatism with his, not just his minutes, but his usage in this game. Brooklyn has been playing uh, a very weird style of basketball as they are trying to figure out who they have and who they can put around uh, their core their core four once we get into the playoffs assuming that those guys are even all available and healthy Um, but there's going to be a lot of Drummond minutes in this one there's going to be a lot of uh, Seth Curry minutes in this one you're going to have you're going to be leaning a lot on Patty Mills to create offense for you and really what concerns me about the way Brooklyn is rostered this is not a very good defensive team they have clear defensive holes and or they have a player or two on the floor who you can pretty much ignore from an offensive standpoint so they're not a difficult team to prepare for not a difficult team to beat and the Heat, who are coming in on a back-to-back, who had a very, very tough loss yesterday against the Buck, uh, against the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, I think they bounce back in this contest. I'm not expecting Kyle Lowry to go. I know he is dealing with some personal issues. He's been missing time. But I think the rest of the Heat will be available in this one. And, uh, yeah, Bam Adebayo, uh, DPOI campaign rolls on as he uh, you know thoroughly shuts down a Nets team that is imminently defendable. Uh, and Big I think, game for uh, Bam. Big yeah, game big for game Bam. for Bam. And, uh, you know, I think realistically, if the Heat pull off this uh, win and cover, uh, I'm excited to see what kind of price we get against uh, Philly on Saturday. I don't know if it's you talking and people betting as they're listening to you or just people betting on their own right now. But the Heat are back out to three, Drew. So money oh, has come wow. back in on Miami, pushing that to three. Uh, 68% of the handle on the Miami Heat for tonight. I watched a lot of that game yesterday. Tough, tough one-point loss, as you alluded to. Um, so I think they get it done tonight. I like this Miami Heat team. Obviously grew up watching them, and then you've really got me back on them this season and after the All-Star break. So let's go Heat. That is your edge of the day. For me, it's funny. I get market agreement. I did last night on Notre Dame, but it doesn't matter because they're not coming home and now i'm getting market agreement today so let's hope that it comes home i'm going back to the well um michigan laid the one and a half with them now they're favored by two uh, as of just a few minutes ago this morning so they're playing iowa iowa is coming in hot drew they've won four straight games their last loss actually was at home versus michigan and the only team to beat iowa during you know that winning run was this exact michigan team and they were six point underdogs on the road playing iowa then and obviously the market is now readjusted and 
there's a few reasons. Um, Michigan is extremely desperate for a win tonight. And, and on top of the fact, obviously, that they're at home with the big home court advantage gives them the edge for tonight. But if they win this game, they will pretty much clinch an at-large berth to the tourney, I think. So I think if they're able to slow down Iowa's, well, Iowa's offense that we know is extremely fast and efficient, they'll be able to get it done at home. This is a really big game for Michigan. And as for Iowa, not many implications on the line for them. Another road conference game. So I'll take the home team. Hope they get it done. I always say it's a must-win situation, but really this game is crucial for Michigan. I think that's the reason we're seeing this push out to two. So I'll take the home team. Hope they get it done. Michigan minus two, edge of the day. And let's hope for a winner for edge of the day to wrap up the show. Yeah, uh, we expected a lot better out of Michigan over the balance of this season. But if they get right now and take a little bit of momentum into the Big Ten tournament, they might be uh, a spoiler there. And uh, that would give them a nice seed in the NCAA tournament. So uh, I'm with you. We'll Wolverines get it done tonight against the Hawkeyes. Yeah, I got to say go blue for today. But nonetheless, I root for your NBA plays. Anything else that catches your eye before we close off in the NBA for tonight? Uh, so I took some shots. I think Golden State gets a bounce back against the Mavericks. The fact that that market has flipped to Mavericks short favorites is incredible. If that's a playoff series and you know, then you're expecting that uh, Dallas will be short right. favorites at home and that best of seven, that's going to be so good. Again, I like the Warriors just at the price point there, uh, catching some points in Dallas. Um, similarly, I think uh, road teams really across the board show value for me today. Chicago out of pick them is amazing against that Atlanta Hawks team that is have has a limited Trey Young and no John Collins. Um, that's a surprise. And then uh, similarly, I think, uh, yeah, just road warriors really across the board tonight uh, for me. So um, I love it. Bonus yeah. play to our producer. Drop in the bonus play music. Pew, 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 pew. Memphis Sorry, Grizzlies, the last one. I think the Grizzlies ought to be favored in this one. And they're catching points in Boston. So uh, a lot of road teams to, to look at tonight in the NBA. Okay, love it. I asked for one edge of the day and you give out 10. <laughs> so I'm all over those with you, especially after last night. Hey, good luck with all of those plays, Drew. You're technically on vacay as you've been all week. Enjoy the slopes. Have you? I hope you have some uh, awesome skiing conditions today. And that's all we have on Bet the Edge powered by PointsBet on this lovely Thursday. We'll be back tomorrow at 10 a.m. again here on the NBC Sports Edge YouTube channel. In the meantime, for more picks, analysis, content, and everything, head on over to NBCSportsEdge.com. Best of luck with all of your plays for today. We'll see you guys back here tomorrow for Friday's edition of At the Edge. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.